everyone. I'm Tiffany Wingfield, Director of Member Relations and the ASHP Staff Liaison of the Pharmacy Technician Forum here at ASHP. Thanks for joining. I am excited to share with you that today's episode is a curated feature focusing on topics important to pharmacy technicians from the exceptional programming from the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Please enjoy the voices of your colleagues as they share the latest clinical information, leadership advice, and best practices in the practice of pharmacy. So just a quick overview as I transition uh, more from background and more what that, what that program looks like. Uh, we'll go over the development of the residency. We call it the PTLR, Pharmacy Technician Leadership Residency. Um, we did pick the name residency because they are residents and it mirrors an admin residency, at least what we went through. And so they are treated as admin residents um, and that style of learning and those activities are very similar to what these technician leadership residents do. Application and interview process, what we did, and each one of these, I'll, I'll give some key takeaways around lessons learned. If you're gonna start this program, what you need to be aware of, what you need to concentrate on, and maybe what you should avoid. Uh, residency structured and the required elective rotations. Residency goals, standards, and objectives, and select activities. Experiences and projects that the residents have completed. Some results of the program, and again, as I said, challenges and lessons learned. And so the development was really the leadership team, my, Mark, myself, and then I had an Appy who's actually a PGY2 at the Cleveland Clinic and an admin program right now, Mitchell Blewett, who was instrumental in developing this program with me. So I wanted to give him a little shout out here. Um, and so we first started with preceptors and looked at, we, we had no length. We, we weren't determining six months yet. We were saying, what's it gonna take? We knew it probably wasn't two years because that's not reasonable with the technician turnover uh, and what they need to understand from a, a leadership and administrative function. Uh, but we looked at preceptors. What preceptors make the most sense? What experiences, what areas make the most sense for technician leadership? Um, spending a month in specialty pharmacy uh, probably isn't the best way to develop technician leaders right now, but we should expose them to it. And so we went through that process of identifying, hey, we need both pharmacists and technicians as preceptors. Technicians as preceptors, those that haven't gone through the residency, and Bailey will touch on this a little bit, is one of those lessons learned. They, they don't go through residencies. They don't know how to function as a resident. And it's really, it's really cool to see as the residents come out and they become preceptors, they know what's effective and what's not effective and how to teach and what's important. So she'll, she'll spend some time on that in the next portion of the presentation. Then we decided once we had the preceptors kind of uh, solidified that six months was a sweet spot for us. We could get them in the program, they could learn what they needed to learn, uh, but then they can come out of the program and be a lead uh, technician or move into a supervisor role if one of those are open. Uh, the full-time equivalent for the position, we felt that this was so important for our department. We took an open FTE and we just dedicated it to it. And so um, that was, that was we, we didn't go and ask leadership for any FTE. We just went ahead and did it and still haven't actually. We still run it through our, through our staffing model. And then the last thing, and I think one of the more important items that, that you need to take away from this presentation if you're going to do it and call it a residency, is staff buying and education. And so um, unlike pharmacists, and I'm sure there's some pharmacists in this, uh, the room, um, we learn about residencies early on in pharmacy school, um, depending on the pharmacy school, how much. And we kind of have a good understanding of what a residency is and what it's gonna be like. Our technician workforce did not, especially when we were announcing it. They were very confused and they're like, what is this type of program? 
what are we doing? And so Mark and I spent a significant amount of time creating presentations, PowerPoints, talking about it at safety huddles to gain staff buy-in. Um, and it still wasn't where we wanted it to be. It is now that we have an established product and we've had four residents go through the program. They can kind of see the development of those residents uh, and then be placed back into our staff, but spend a lot of time educating and gaining buy-in with your technician staff if you are going to go down this route. As far as the application process, it, it consisted of a submission of an up-to-date resume, uh, one-page one letter of intent. Um, we do require our technicians to be a certified pharmacy technician within our division, and then a pharmacy technician two or above. And so just lessons learned. Um, I think the ones on our leadership team that have gone through residencies have an expectation of a residency application that is up here. Um, and so that's one of the, the items that you need to be aware of is that the preceptors within this residency or the RAC committee need to understand that there, there is there's a learning curve with the technician workforce around formal uh, resume building and letter of intent. That's not something they do uh, on a daily basis to apply for their technician jobs, at least within Cincinnati Children's. And then uh, determine that proficiency in many of our areas. And so the question came up, if someone starts and is doing well in three months, can they apply to the position? And so we thought it was, it was important from a proficiency and a competency standpoint that they were well established and they they were a pharmacy technician to or above. And so we don't allow our, our new technicians to apply. We still think that, yeah, you still need that operational background and understanding and expertise of what's going on. Um, but you also need to go through this program to learn more about leadership and administrative skills. The uh, interview process consisted of one-on-one -on -one interviews, still consist of one-on-one -on -one interviews with leadership team, uh, panel interviews with support staff, we actually had them go through, we don't do this anymore, but uh, analysis of a hypothetical situation to gauge their thought process of how they, they would approach a situation. Um, and then a 10 minute presentation on select uh, topics. Um, and so again, I don't know about your organizations, but I can only tell you about our organization. Uh, formal interviews of three to four hours is not common for our technicians coming within our organization. It's typically 30 to 45 minutes and they're meeting with the supervisors. Um, and so for them to go through a three to four hour present or, uh, interview, meeting with multiple people and giving a presentation uh, was a lot for them to handle. And so you need to coach them through it. Um, and it, it also served kind of as a, a, a weed out process, if you will. And so we wanted to see the, pre the candidates um, that would come in no matter what their presentation was about and what they were doing, but if they were willing to step outside their comfort zone, develop a presentation and, and apply for the position, we knew they were applying for the right reasons. This position is Monday through Friday while they're in the residency, and so we didn't want individuals that were just looking to, to do the residency for the schedule, um, and so we put some roadblocks in place to make sure that, hey, if you're really serious about this, you're gonna go through a 10-minute presentation and a four-hour interview. As far as the program structure. Uh, the residency program director was assigned, which is myself, um, and so we followed many of the similarities of the uh, HSPAL residency. Required rotation experiences. They were with Mark for health system pharmacy leadership for four weeks. They were with myself from an operational standpoint, overseeing our main pharmacy and our satellite locations, really our acute care services uh, for eight weeks. Um, main pharmacy operations and personnel management and so they were with our pharmacy managers and learning how they manage pharmacists and what strategies are effective uh, with them 
technician leadership, of course, and so they spend six weeks with our current technician supervisors learning about what they do, how to do timekeeping, how to do scheduling, which is their favorite activity. Um, they take on-call for our technician call-offs. Education and training, uh, and so this team actually does our onboarding for our division, and so how our employees or how our technicians brought and onboarded. And then medication safety with our medication safety officer, spend some time with our community hospital in Liberty, and they have elective and project time. Specifically around electives, elective experiences were designed to be a one to two day experience. Unlike an HSPAO residency where you may spend a month with the, uh, with the preceptor or in an area of pharmacy, this was specific to just be exposed to different areas. Elective experiences uh, were home infusion and specialty pharmacy, clinical specialists or decentralized pharmacists, really our clinical pharmacy team, medication diversion team, our pharmacy purchasing team, our finance team, and our Epic Willow team. It's just a high-level overview or a snapshot of what our schedule looks like. And so kind of going through Natalie, who just uh, graduated from the residency the day before Thanksgiving, this is a snapshot of what her uh, schedule had looked like. I'm not going to go into specifics, but just to provide, um, I think, I guess, further proof or further justification as to why we call this a residency. They are a resident on rotations with preceptors getting feedback. As far as uh, the program goals and objectives, we looked at the ASHP, uh, PGY-1 and PGY-2 HSPAL residency um, and looked at them and said, this works for technicians and what we're trying to accomplish, or we adjusted it to be more technician-centric, um, or we just got rid of a few of them that just didn't make a ton of sense around uh, this, the goals and objectives for what we were trying to accomplish. I'm not going to go in, or I am going to go into this. Uh, Bailey will go into the projects and the results a little bit more, but select experiences. And so um, they were able to evaluate applications, lead interviews with technician candidates, participate in one-on-ones uh, with goal setting and development of that staff, with pharmacists, technicians, interns, and other support staff within our division. Uh, they led division-wide staff meetings. They plan our annual strategic retreat. Um, schedule build for technician and student staffing, staffing and reconciliation of time cards every other week. And so the, the technician schedule build um, for 100 plus technicians and students is, for lack of a better word, a nightmare for people to manage. Um, and so our supervisors are responsible for doing that and the residents get a full-blown opportunity to go through that and they really understand uh, how to build a schedule and what it takes to build a schedule. One of our biggest dissatisfiers with our technician workforce is the schedule. You just can't make everyone happy, right? And so those lead technicians that have gone through that schedule can better speak to those skills and what's required to build that uh, schedule. And so we've seen a positive improvement on those actually understanding what it takes to build a schedule as they're staffing on the front line next to other technicians. They had on-call experiences, so um, we uh, go through peaks and valleys of technician call-offs. And so they have the opportunity to take uh, call-offs when they're staffing or when they're in the pharmacy or residency to adjust the operations and what that takes. That really sets them up. That's a responsibility of our lead technician and our pharmacy supervisors. And so when they move into that lead technician position, they have a full understanding of how to move people around and what's the first position you're going to take and how to mitigate any call-offs. FTE re reconciliation ownership, so when someone leaves the organization, what is our process to make sure that that FTE is reposted and organization around that? And then topic discussions uh, covering leadership development and operations. This next slide's uh, kind of a redundant slide, but 
really looking at data analysis with our pharmacy automation team is, is an experience they get as well. They certainly uh, uh, accomplish a significant amount of uh, projects, more so that is on the screen here. Um, and Bailey will dive into a deeper uh, them in, in, in more detail, uh, at least one of them. Um, but the majority of our technicians have rotation projects, right? And then they will have a major project over the six months. And so um, they, they are significant in size and they really go through project management development and understand what it takes to manage a project within a complex health system. So what are the results? So there's a small typo up there. There's actually four technician residents that have completed the program. Uh, Bailey was our first resident who will be speaking next. She is our technician supervisor, as Mark stated, and then three other lead technicians um, have completed the project. Uh, residency, sorry. We do have a fifth and even a sixth technician resident starting next year, one in January and one in May. Um, we're able to start them a little early than the six months because students come back um, during the summer and they, they take care of uh, more staffing for us and so we can start a second technician resident during the summer. Um, we do have a 100% retention rate with high our high functioning tech with the technicians that have come through this program, right? These are generally the uh, in, in the past, these technicians have been um, looking for more development um, and didn't feel comfortable in the lead role because they weren't getting leadership and administrative development. And so they would often leave and go into support roles, either better schedule or uh, kind of go away from pharmacy. And so I'm proud to say each individual that has gone through that program is still contributing to our pharmacy. Um, and so they reported improvements, and Bailey, again, we'll touch on this a little bit. Management skills, so identifying areas of improvement, how you go about actually uh, quality improvement um, and what that process is, recruitment, interviewing, onboarding, and training. And so if a supervisor were to leave tomorrow, I have three candidates to replace them. Um, I actually have uh, one out on maternity leave. I have one that's unexpectedly out now, and the third is right next to me. We have lead pharmacy technicians running our department while we're out here in Las Vegas, and they're doing a wonderful job. And so if there's any result that I'm most proud of, it's the three of them that have stepped up while we're out here and we have unexpected leads that they can successfully run the, the department, and it demonstrates that the program is actually working. Functional knowledge and skills, so automation technology, they go through the motions, um, they, they pull from the carousel, they run dose edge in the IV room, but they really learn the why behind many of those things during the residency, which helps make them make the connection for them, but they are also encouraged to make the connection for other technicians they are working alongside. And so um, maybe someone might have a less than ideal attitude about a change that we might make. They are in a perfect position to understand why that change was made and to communicate to that technician and pharmacist in real time. And then their presence, uh, presentation skills and business writing, they, they develop presentations, they go through presentations with us, um, they become way more comfortable um, with speaking in front of large groups, they run our daily safety huddles, which are three a day, um, and they, they are sending now departmental emails out, they are communicating with external colleagues, and there's a significant improvement in that. So just to, to wrap up lessons learned, three things, three key things that I think anyone should know if you're going to start this type of program. Um, initially demonstrating the value of the residency to our technician workforce is incredibly important and takes a lot of effort. Uh, do not be discouraged if there's only one or two applicants. There's only a few for our first time around and we just had six applicants for our, our, our future session. And so people are starting to see 
the benefits of that and the development of the technicians that go through it, and people are really starting to, to be interested in the program. Preceptor development with our existing technician leaders and support staff. Remember, they don't go, they haven't gone through a residency yet, and so you really need to, those that have and that precept need to spend time with those individuals, giving them feedback and developing them into preceptors. And then feedback consistent with the level of training and managing preceptor expectations. So those that have gone through a residency program, depending on where you go or what you did, you have a level of um, expectation as a preceptor, um, and it really needs to be adjusted for the technician workforce um, and what they're concentrating on and what you're trying to develop them in. I get this question a lot. Are you just gonna to continue to run this? Aren't you gonna run out of lead positions? Um, we are, but we're not gonna stop the program because we think it's incredibly important for our technicians to have these skills, whether they're gonna go into a lead position or not. And so the future is to continuously run this program with two to three residents per year to increase frontline leadership throughout key areas of our division. It also provides a succession plan for those that might leave the organization. I'm not naive to think that our uh, three supervisors and four lead techs will be with us for their entire career. Um, things change, and so hopefully we'll get to a point where if someone leaves, we have someone that is ready to step up, not to avoid a headache on my end, but so our technician workforce, those that they're serving, aren't going through periods of, of uh, no leadership. Thanks so much for listening in today. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official, wherever you listen to podcasts, and check back soon to hear more featurettes from the 2022 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Until then, this is Tiffany Wingfield from ASHP Official, and thank you for all that you do for your patients.